This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Depending on who you ask, the world of bodybuilding can either be aspirational or intimidating. Some people dream of having a physique akin to a bodybuilder or close to it, while some think it's excessive, overly masculine and superficial. Regardless of where you stand though, no one can deny the effort it takes to actually develop and sculpt your physique to that level. According to our guest today, it takes dedication, hard work, consistency and discipline. His name is Kumar Suwaran Ramasamy and he was crowned Mr. Malaysia 2023 last October. He joins me on the show today to talk about all things bodybuilding, from nutrition to training to lifestyle and many more. Okay, my name is Kumari Soren. I'm known as Kumar. I come from PJ. I was born in PJ, lived in PJ for the past probably 30, 33, 34 years mm. of my life. Studied there, finished everything there. Now I own a business also in PJ. I have a gym called Body Factory. It's in SS3 PJ. And I'm a full-time bodybuilder and a gym owner. Gym owner. And yes. you're also the Mr. Malaysia 2023 champion, right? Yes, I won the Mr. Malaysia 2023. All right, okay. Um, I mean, I don't want to, I guess, dig up so much about your past, but uh, if you don't mind sharing to, to our listeners especially, understand that, I mean, prior to bodybuilding, you weren't this fit, right? Initially. Initially, yeah. So, so maybe you can tell us a bit more about that story? Yeah, as like, I mean, this goes way back when I was a... Probably in my school days, up to about 15 or 16, 16 actually, mm. I was an obese child, 16 years old. I was I was into sports and everything. Was very, I liked sports, but my fitness wasn't that good because of my weight. Mm. So I could play football. I could even sprint. I used to take part in short part because I was a little athletic. I mean, I had the interest a lot and I had the strength in me. But as usual, because of my overweight Because due to my eating habits and genetically, I don't know, I used to eat a lot. I've got a big appetite up to today, I have a big appetite. Mm. So up to 16, I was, can I use the term? I'm not sure if I can use the term. I was fat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I was a bit fat. Mm. And then I decided to change things and then it happened. Mm. Uh, what led you to bodybuilding? Did you start lifting weights then? or did Yes, you, yeah. at 16 I already started lifting weights but I wasn't intending to be a bodybuilder or anything. Mm. My goal was just to lose weight mm. and look decent. Uh, I was about 110 kilos at 16 mm. with a waistline of 44 inches and like I was fat. So mm. my goal was just to lose weight and I managed... I mean, I didn't go to the gym or what at 16. I used to do a lot of exercises at home. I bought some dumbbells and barbells. I started watching my food on my own because back then in 2001, this is, there was not much uh, internet. So there wasn't much sources for me to gain proper knowledge on what is proper dieting and this and that. So I, I did not eat rice at all, which was very extreme. And I did a lot of extreme things. At the same time, I ran a lot. I did a lot of skipping And I did a lot of home workouts and all this. Mm. And I dropped up to 78 kilos from 110 in mm. about eight months like that. All right. So to be fair, when you first started, you did do a lot of cardio as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm, mm, yeah, because I think when, when it comes to losing weight, sometimes um, people tend to sometimes immediately 
I guess think of exercises, I suppose, and yeah. and but they tend to just immediately do cardio rather than, I guess, think about lifting weights, right? What makes you want to lift weights on top of oh, I guess doing other exercises? As well? I always had this fascination towards muscular physique and like, mm. so and I liked uh, the look of a bodybuilder and all that. Although I didn't think it was possible because I was extremely my goal was only to lose weight, but I always wanted to. Uh, have a tough body as well, so that that I always liked and I like and I enjoy. I actually up to today I don't like cardio, mm-hmm. but I enjoy weight training. Mm. So even when I was young, when I started, there were a lot of people like in the family and all that. Some relatives told me, "No, you're too young to lift weight. Lift weights. Mm. This can probably uh, disrupt your growth and this and that. You're 16 and all that, which are all I today I realize that it's all untrue. Mm. But uh, the thing is. I started still at 16, my, thanks, my mother supported me, so I did it. Mm. And so the good thing about uh, losing weight this way, I didn't have any loose skin and this kind of things, maybe because I was young also. So I managed, I did a lot of weight training and I lost, did weight cardio and watched my food. So probably I was in a calorie deficit. Mm. So it did help me to... Yeah, and I think to a certain extent, if I'm not mistaken, you did also compete then, right? Um, uh, once you have, I guess, I guess, got the hang of uh, weightlifting, you started competing yes, in bodybuilding as well. Yes, I right? did a show where, when I was studying and all that. When I was a junior, that means at 21 mm. in 2006, I competed uh, in Mr. Clang Parade, Mr. Slango, and Mr. Malaysia Junior. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but um, I guess uh, based on my research, you soon after regained the weight. Was, yeah, was I, I competed, right? Yeah, uh. so I went into very extreme dieting. Mm. I competed. I lost a lot of it. I, I did a lot of extreme things. I didn't have proper guidance or coach or anything. Mm. I just asked one, two people in the gym. I was studying in Singapore then, and then I competed. Then, but I did too extreme to the point where it was something like I got tired of it already by then. Although I loved it so much, but it made me feel like too tired. I mean, then... After once I stopped after the competitions, which I did quite well, I won all the competitions mm. up to a junior level champion. But after that, I went back to pursue my studies, and I started not training and all that because I went to the other extreme, was studying and I started eating back and all that. Then I gained back weight again, mm. not that bad, but still quite bad. Mm. Then I thought like hey, this shouldn't because I worked so hard to get where I was and all that. Mm. Then I decided to go back to training. Then one lead to the other. I train, train again. Then by 25, after three, four years after I've studied and I started working a bit and all that, I train and then I decided to compete again. Mm. Okay, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard a lot about muscle memory. So technically, because you've had a history of um, lifting weights, um, was it difficult to, I guess, to uh, get back in shape? Yeah, afterwards. That was very helpful because mm. of muscle memory. That's true. Mm-hmm. Even... Uh, recently, but for seven, eight years ago, so once I gained a little bit of weight, because mm. I stopped for six months or five months, did something like a small injury and all that. Then, when I started back, I could gain back. I mean, I could go back very far because uh, we have that muscle memory because we've been competing and training for very long, right? So mm. it's always there. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, you said that you went to the other extreme because you got tired of, I guess, how extreme bodybuilding can be. Um, can you perhaps share how extreme it was in terms of dieting? No, the thing was, I went to the other extreme because I had no proper guidance, mm. and I did a lot of things wrong. Mm. Today isn't like that. That time, at one point, I was like, I was just eating chicken breast and broccoli, and I didn't even eat salt. 
which is all not necessary to do so extreme. And I was like just boiling my food. I didn't even because some people told me you can't do this, can't do that. So I did just boil, boil, boil and eat. And I didn't like eat much carbs and like so it, you started getting very frustrated and like it was bad. It was really bad. But now I don't diet like that. Now I know how to count my macros and my my food is good because I put all kind of seasonings and this I know exactly how to prepare so I know how to balance things out and mm. like I have a lot of carbs also and like so uh, this is more sustainable and you actually dieting is not very difficult it's not, it's not difficult yeah. right did you remember how lean you were then yeah I was really lean I mean like my body fat was I mean I was I was small I lost a lot of muscle mass because I did very extreme but my body fat was really low I was I competed with about 70 kilos back then that's the lowest I ever been I think okay. but uh, I think easily my body fat would have been I mean for a junior level maybe about 5 to 6% uh, wow okay that uh, lower yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I I did a bit of research and and I, if I'm not mistaken when your body fat is that low you can also have like hormonal imbalance and things like that right yeah but at 21 it didn't affect me that much because even you had something you can uh, recover very fast because you're young mm. but at this age when you're 38 37 and all that I'm now 39 this year as you get older the recovery is not the same anymore it mm. takes longer to recover to recover yeah. yeah all right so when you decided to i guess get back into the world of bodybuilding mm. um did you hire a coach to help you out with that process? yes 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 mm. when i the first junior thing i didn't have a coach i did it 100% myself mm. but then and i gained back a bit of weight and i thought i have to get back into this and that time i hired uh, i paid uh, mr wong hong he's my coach at my sifu mm. uh, i was he was the First IFBB pro from Malaysia, oh, bodybuilder. Okay. Yes, and he has won several titles. He's won Mr Asia, Mr Universe, and also he's the first IFBB pro in Malaysia. Mm, I was under him. Then, about few years later, he and I, both of us, I became very close to him. I became a training. I became his training partner eventually after competing all that. Then both of us joined under an international coach because he also wanted to. He was still competing then, so he wanted to up his game as well. So I, both of us, joined under a coach called Mike. He was a Swiss guy. He is based in Thailand. So until today, I'm still under coach Mike. Oh, okay. So yeah. now you're technically under coach Mike. Yes. Okay. I'm no longer with Wong, but I'm still I'm still with coach Mike. All right. So um, with coach Wong and also coach Mike, what were some of the things that they corrected from your previous experience in terms of you mentioned diet just now? Uh, but uh, what everything, other everything. Well? Yeah. Everything changed. <laughs> okay. You, you, uh, anybody who's a newbie, and I, th- you definitely need a coach, mm-hmm. and you learn a lot of things. I still keep learning that in terms of, but you learn everything in terms of like from the diet, from the nutrition to your supplements. More importantly, is the training, how to the form, the method, and the techniques and. Everything, yeah. Mm, yeah. Let's let's talk a bit more about the diet. You mentioned just now that you eat a lot of food that's just boiled without any salt, right? Yeah. And, and so that's one common, I guess, myths when it comes to bodybuilding. Yeah, Some people yeah, think yes, that yes. the assumption is that you always have to eat, you know, chicken breast, broccoli, yeah, rice, and correct. and everything needs to be tasteless. Yes. Apart from, I guess, that being quote unquote a myth that's not necessarily true. What else should people know when it comes to, I guess, dieting? When it comes to the water. Many people think like sodium is a very important thing. It's you need it. Mm. It's a very very important mineral that the body requires. You know, not. so you need to have a balance of sodium and potassium, which is very important. But what happens is when we go into this so-called, you want to achieve a certain look, 
they tell you cut salt, cut salt, so you get this very skin thin look with low body fat. And, mm. But that's wrong because when the body has a way of realizing that within 48 hours when you don't put salt in your body, it starts producing its own hormone to retain water because the body me- mechanics is such. Mm. So you can't cheat the body. That's why like now we do cut salt when we compete and all that, but it's only a very short period. We only cut for about 24 hours before the competition mm. and we control the water the night before the competition. Only This is done basically to achieve a certain look where we only look like that for a few hours on stage. But other than that, it's not possible to sustain that look entire life. Mm. This is only done for competition. Mm. But besides that, for normal life, you need salt, you need water, uh, sufficient amount of water and salt. You can't cut this in your entire prep and all that. That's wrong. Mm. Mm. What about your macros? Um, again, a popular assumption is that uh, you don't need to eat a lot of carbs, but technically you still do need carbs, right, in your diet? I eat a lot of carbs because mm. I'm a heavyweight bodybuilder. Mm. There's also this thing where they call, yeah, I, I, def- I definitely get my carbs lesser as I get closer to the show, but still it's fairly high, not very low. Mm. But carbs are important, but it's what kind of carbs you eat and all that. Mm. So I try my best to eat brown rice I have some basmati rice normally but I have that just post workout oats or potatoes this kind of carbs and my protein sauce is normally chicken breast or uh, sea bass mm. uh, eggs beef this kind of things and mm. yeah. tend to be leaning towards the leaner protein right yes mm. what about protein shakes do you consume them regularly uh, as well I, I do take but I only take post workout I don't. I try my level best. Mm. Even in the off season, sometimes I don't even take protein shakes. Mm. I stick to. I try to get as much uh, nutrients as possible from my natural food. Natural food. I right. try to hit my macros with whatever I can get from whole food. If I can't, then only I opt mm. for maybe one scoop of protein. Mm. Uh, sometimes I just add it to my oats in the morning breakfast to just get the taste. That's it. Mm, yeah um, uh, I mean compared to Previously when you I guess Just boil your food um, You now c- Don't cook it that way I mean considering you know, We're all Asians how, how do you prepare your food actually Yeah, Do you cook them like yeah, Like the normal style Or do you at least Put some seasoning like, No I put seasoning And now it's very uh, Asian Table. Very Indian And Malaysian style Of cooking mm. uh, It's like Got a lot of Homemade I don't buy uh, Shop It's like chilli We grind the chilli mm. Then like garlic And this onions, chili powder, a bit of salt and yeah, you grill it on the non-stick pan but you can even make it with I use the spray and all this, right? So mm. it looks like a, yeah, this kind of thing. So. That was R. Kumaris Warren, a bodybuilder that was crowned Mr. Malaysia 2023 last year. We've been talking about bodybuilding. We'll have more after the short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Joining me in the studio today is Mr. Malaysia 2023, Kumaris Warren Ramasamy. He's a bodybuilder that has been lifting weights since he was a teenager and we're currently talking about what it takes to be a bodybuilder. We've touched a bit on nutrition, one of the key components to being a bodybuilder in the first part of the show. The next item that's equally important is training. Kumar reveals what his training is like. 
my training is basically off season and in season is pretty much the same. Mm. I don't change my training much. I keep it pretty intense. It's more hypertrophy lah. So like, what we do hypertrophy means like, it's the goal for a bodybuilder is not to lift. He's not a power lifter. He's mm. more of he, his goal is to build muscles. So how you do that? You focus on just the form you do it, and I keep my rep range always between eight to fifteen reps and. Very seldom I do six reps or five. Once in a while, when I want to try a new, a slightly heavier, I try. But then if I go like six reps or so, what I do, uh, once I'm done, as soon as I finish that six reps, I drop the weight by half and I do a pump set. Like so, it's like a drop set. It's like a drop yeah, set. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm not. Uh, I don't do very heavy weights or so, mm. especially because. I also have the phobia of I don't want to get injured, you know. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to touch a bit on injury uh, a bit later. But um, yeah. what about um, uh, do you do compound lifts like like squat? Bench, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I am a strong believer of that. I do barbell rows, mm. deadlift, squats. Mm. Yeah, I do all of them, mm. bench presses, and like I stick to I do them, but not like it's pretty heavy or so. But I still do like. Uh, Eight to twelve reps. I don't really do like this two rep, three rep thing. So mm, okay. I never did that. So. All right. What about training to failure? Is that something that you subscribe to? Mm. Would you believe in? It's very very subjective because failure. What is actually failure? Yeah, because that's also a, yeah. That's a, also a like many people may debate, think right? they actually at failure, but true is probably everybody has got two three reps left in the tank. <laughs> But yeah. so, and it's not failure. Is not very good. I would say all the time, it's okay to test at once in a while, like one set. If you do it to do that in every set, you cannot recover. Then you won't be able to give your best your entire workout. Then what about recovering for the next day? So you got to train smart. Also, you know, it's all about the recovery and optimally what is your goal. That's mm. important. Mm, yeah. yeah, you should ideally train intense. But do do you? Push yourself so much that you get like super sore, or like you get injured often. Or is that something that you try to make sure that you don't get injured so that you can at least keep the consistency going? Yes, that's that's especially mm. after years of training. Mm. This is something I've learned through experience that try to avoid injuries and uh, sore is quite uh, normal. But that's why I do physio and I do a lot of stretching and. I try my health, so it helps with recovery and all that, and you rest properly and all that. But as you've been soreness gets a bit, you get used to it as you start training very often and years of doing it. You can you're okay with it, not too much. Don't do anything very extreme, of course. And let's say you've been training at a certain rate, then one day suddenly you push a lot more than what you usually do, then definitely you will feel a bit more your body because it's gone through something which you don't usually do right mm. so it will be a little bit more sore and all that so then you must know how to handle that so then you listen to your body and probably rest another day rest the following day and not go and push back because when you go and push 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 like that that is when you can you it can lead to injuries mm, mm. yeah how often do you train in a week uh Off season, I train normally five days a week, once one session. In the diet, I train also five days, but two sessions. Mm, two sessions a day. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And what's your routine like? Um, push pull leg or like upper no, body? No, I don't do push pull. I do like Mondays is chest biceps, Tuesday is squats, Wednesday rest, Thursday would be shoulder triceps, Friday would be back, and Saturday would be hamstrings. The thing about bodybuilders uh, is that. I mean, it's it's aesthetic driven, but you know, some bodybuilders 
um, whether due to insecurity or due to lagging body parts, would like to focus on certain body parts, right? What's your, I guess, strong body part and what's your weaker body part that you would focus uh, on well, usually? Strong was always my chest and back was always my strength. Mm. Legs was my weakness, very weak body part mm. in my initial days. But uh, the past two, three years I've trained, I've been training really hard for the past six, seven years. So the past two, three years, my leg has made a lot of improvement to the point where it's still not my strongest body part, but it's already like in par with my upper body. That's a big accomplishment because genetically also, I never had great legs. So for me to have it in par with my upper body, pretty balanced, that's already a, an accomplishment, I feel it. Okay, all right. Uh, How do you know whether you have the genetics for it or not? Um, Along the way, you'll discover it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Initially, yeah, when you start training, you can see that based on the development and all that. There are a few genetical factors when it comes to bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. One is, okay, like the ability to grow. Two is the ability to get lean. That means you grow simultaneously, not get fat. That means that's second. And third is, this. they call this the flow of the muscle and the muscle insertions. This is a, like, it's how like a face, when you look at a face, the nose cut or how the ears is and how the face, your cheekbone is or your, this is given, right? Same like that, your physique is also given. As much as you train or so, you can develop the lats, you can develop the deltoids, you can develop the bicep and you can develop everything you can develop. But how the insertion is and how it flows, this is given. Every human being, you know, the, the how your six pack looks like, how your bicep looks. Some people got the double peak. Some people don't have a long a peak. They got a long bicep. Some people, the lats are quite high raised. Some are all the way to the da- bottom. You know, the legs also. Some got a good sweep, outer sweep, you know. They are vastus and some don't have a sweep. So these are all like genetics. You can work very hard, but you only can develop based on the structure that is already given to you. Mm. So that in that way, bodybuilding is a very genetical. Some are just blessed. Mm. They got very beautiful flow and the insertions are very nice. Mm. So that is very pleasant to the eye. Yeah. How long will it take for you to be able to reach that point where you can then say that, oh, it's, oh very I, don't, I probably stages. don't have genetics for it. Very yeah. initial stages. Initial. Oh. I mean, like for somebody who's been training a bit, you start training within one year. If you train seriously, within a year, you can already see that. I wouldn't say that you don't have the genetics. But what I'm saying is to reach... Let's say everybody can be, if you work hard, you can compete. You can be a bodybuilder. But for you to be like really good and be like go to the next level, then this is very much required, I mean necessary. Mm. Of course, still there are a lot of people with not great genetics so relatively compared to some of the others. But if they work very hard and they do everything, they get to bring the best out of their physique. And some are very blessed with great, but they don't work that hard and they don't diet that hard. Eventually, they'll come and lose to somebody who is not as great Mm. genetic is them also but because the flair they always say you know hard work beats talent mm. uh, so that's applicable here yeah um, there's a saying uh, I mean I don't know whether this applies to other body parts or other muscles muscle group but uh, I was told that you know apps are made in the kitchen how true is that you know when it comes to yeah having that uh, six pack apps I suppose. actually that is based on the conditioning because mm-hmm. why people always say about abs is because the body fat level is noticed when your abs when your your body fat looks is low, your abs is very visible and it looks good. And that's the part of your body which always retains fat easily also when you don't watch your diet. So that is why they say that. But of course, you still need to train your abs as 
you have to train them hard also in order to have good abs and good obliques muscles because that's a muscle by itself so mm. but nevertheless it's uh, it's not untrue so but that saying that it's made in the kitchen mm. because yeah the body fat level because mm. when you only watch your diet and everything your body fat level is really at uh, low mm. if you really don't watch your diet then it's difficult yeah um and there is a difference between training your core quote unquote and training your abs right in terms of i guess yeah yeah, yeah, yeah of course mm. core strength is like <laughs> many like i mean from deadlifts to squat to all this is strengthen your core with this and abs is sometimes you can train just building like just doing crunches or the ab machine and all this but you can build your ab muscles but that doesn't mean your core is strong right it's strong you mean you're strengthening but it's not optimal i mean it's not everything you you have to do this compound movements some people don't do ab training at all but they can still have very strong core that is based because they do a lot of this exercises like deadlift squats and all these so they can build a very strong core Mm, yeah. so so it's important to i guess know the difference and so focus on on at least differentiating them in terms of yeah. your training right but the, but the most important thing is you must do both so mm-hmm. okay what about cardio for for yeah bodybuilder like you uh, or bodybuilders in general should huh. cardio be part of their routine because i've heard a lot cardio of cardio is this. very important mm-hmm. everybody cardio is necessary because your heart the cardiovascular the heart is a whole different muscle you know So in order to strengthen your heart you should do I mean of course weight training you do play with the heart rate and everything but that sometimes you do lifting then you rest along in between then you just go very explosive but when you do cardio you give this constant up in the heart rate where you maintain a certain level for so that is very important for the heart mm. so that way cardio is very important mm. not about the look so not look, referring to some people think cardio is only necessary in the diet because you want to get Uh, leaner right leaner or mm. cutting and all that but no it's necessary throughout mm. what kind of cardio do you do like do you do I high intensity do, or no 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 i only keep 65% of maximum heart rate and constant cardio. i just do walking only walking incline incline walking incline walking yes okay all right okay so the thing about lifting and also to the same bodybuilding is that it's a continuous endeavor right like, yes. like, like it's not just something that you do to prep for a competition and and then no, once you're done that's it right no. no right so bodybuilding is a lifestyle because you cannot do just one time that is like if it's like a hobby then can like you just want to do one show get the experience of it that's a different thing but if you are a competitive athlete like I'm a national athlete now like if you are at that level means you have to do this like a lifestyle it's part of your life it's like I've been doing this now for 20 years already so mm. I've been training. Yeah. yeah. So how do you I guess how do you on to certain extent other bodybuilders embrace that as a form of lifestyle because I mean you have to watch what you eat and and then you go through the cycle of bulking and cutting yeah. and then eventually yeah training hard and training also has to be consistent as well because I mean that's the whole point right? Yes. Yeah. So so how do you go through that kind of lifestyle and and do so and persevere you know for I so long? I guess most of them who do bodybuilding they are very passionate about it it's a choice nobody puts a gun to your head and asks you to do this <laughs> because like it's something you choose to do and to be honest the rewards from competing is not much as a as a competitive bodybuilder compared to most sports it's much lesser and probably in the initial stages and to get to the point where you actually get something out of the sport it's really really long and the sec- to get there 
you it's not like you can straight away get there you have to go through the whole process like in terms of years and sacrifices and, and that that journey it so you can't do this unless you're very passionate about this mm. you can't just do it with like uh, thinking that it's going to give you something rewarding like monetary wise or what so you have to sacrifice a lot of things because this sport compared to other any other sport where like you see somebody can go to a job where they work 8 to 7 or 8 to 5 then they can still go and play badminton or train they can train 2 hours then they can leave with their family weekend they can just go out for holiday come back this that but they can go back to training and it's like okay 2 3 hours a day training but a bodybuilder is a bit different because his entire life is in he trains okay the training let's say it's about the same most professional athletes do train two times a day like let's say two to three hours to three but the only difference for a bodybuilder is he has to eat this many times a day he has to rest and his food is very very calculated you can't eat anything else and your training is very extreme to the point the balance of the time you have to rest just recover for your next session then you go so your whole life is like you have that whole 16 weeks when you prepare and all that you got no other social life you have nothing so somebody to to choose this and i mean it's not like at the end of the day you're going to get a 100,000 or 200,000 ringgit or something like you know no, there's nothing like that so to do still choose this over that is only if you're passionate about it you can do it mm. how do you then manage your your lifestyle considering that all the sacrifices that you you have to make and as well as i mean like you said right i mean because it's it's not just a one off thing that you can you can sometimes you know especially when you're in prep or when you're heading to a competition you can't even afford to i guess miss a training session or miss yeah. you know one meal right so how do you go about balancing that with with your your life you know because like, i mean you know you have family you have, yeah. you have friends to hang out with you know Correct. you have to go you to got holiday a friend, you got a family like you got yeah. friends i got my son mm. so many things mm. but you have to have a very supportive circle there will become a point where people will get upset with you you i can't attend functions this that because it's difficult like and it's people won't understand also sometimes because what is this like it's like what are you doing like you know it's like but it's like a job like let's say someone flies you know he's a pilot okay and he's flying all the time so when he's not there he's not there you cannot go like he has to suddenly fly for 3 days and then he comes back for a day but at least when he comes back he can do back something but the 3 days he won't be so sadly there's a function or something he can't attend because he's that's his job but people will be able to understand that because they'll say that is that is job and it's a common thing but if like yeah they'll tell you are here why you can't come like but then you have to then eventually after years of doing it then then they see you compete and you win and then they observe you more and all that then they will realize like oh okay this is his lifestyle and people start understanding but it takes time for and it's very tiring to make people understand what you're doing like people will be like just one meal why you can't eat just one bite why can't you take like everything is, don't tell me this one meal going to change your entire but they you know but after a point everybody around you understands that so mm. it needs time to then Yeah so along the way some people may get upset and all that but eventually if your close circle will definitely know how you are and everything then you make it up like after your post competition yeah you have sometimes you definitely enjoy life and all that also hmm. Hmm. taking all that into consideration would you consider bodybuilding as a bit extreme in terms of i guess it's a it is, it is it is an extreme sport it's an it's a, it's probably the most extreme sport 
mm. one of the most extreme sport. I mean, um, maybe there are other kind of extreme sports like I don't know skiing or something that is accident-prone kind of sp- extreme sports. But this extreme is based on the other way where your lifestyle to the to the prep itself is very uh, so. It is an extreme sport, definitely. Mm. Mm. Have you ever gotten demotivated? No, I've never got demotivated. But there are times like you will think like, uh, "Oh my god, how long more am I going to do this?" And like, you know, like, come on, man! Like, it's like you get like, but then you snap out of it very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Describe to me the appeal of it, because I know for a fact that I don't think it's. I don't think it's it's limited to just how you look on stage, right? It goes beyond that, right? It's not just the satisfaction of like looking so ripped, so jacked. It's, I'm sure it's 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 deeper than that, right? So describe to me what 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 that is actually. What is the satisfaction that you get from actually competing as a bodybuilder? You mean what I get, or what are the judges looking for? Well, what what you feel, or, or what's the sport is all about in terms of, I guess it's not just it's not just a very aesthetically driven competition right it is to a certain extent I mean yeah. it, it is about I guess looking at how defined your muscles are but yeah. it goes beyond that right it's not It's not. I mean if okay, if you talk about the terms of uh, basically how it's being judged mm. they go by how a physique looks and I mean that part when you ask me means I'd say like what a judge look for mm. a judge looks for how symmetrical your body is then of course like how much muscle you have while remaining symmetric Symmetrical and how lean you are. Like means how much the lower your body fat is, while keeping the symmetry and muscle. The more muscles you have with the symmetry, provided you don't look off as well. Mm. And then of course the presentation also counts because how you present your body, the posing and all that, mm. that plays a very big part. Uh, so this is what the judges look for when they judge. But coming back to your question, I guess what you meant was like the satisfaction, right, mm. for an athlete, mm. like. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you see, this fascination that I believe that most people have towards bodybuilding, it doesn't come, you see, this thing, this detailed, like what I just told you, the symmetry and what this, this is something people start discovering after they start training very detailed. But what get, catches their attention first is I think that whole, I don't know how to say it, like it's like a, it's like a, uh They they just get like um, when you're a child, you know, like how they look at a superhero and they get fascinated by it. It's just a fascination, I think. Like you know, when you see somebody like, oh, the guy is tough and he looks good, and when he dresses up or when he walks and all that, that, that fascination it's the starting point which makes you gravitate towards. Hey, how does this guy look like this? What does he do? Then you see that oh, he trains, he goes to the gym, so he looks like this. I mean, when I was five or six, that's what gravitated me towards this then after that the next is like once you are in it it's a discipline it's a lifestyle mm. and then many people start enjoying that that lifestyle you know like what I told you that food that mm. that whole uh, it's like a military kind of lifestyle like you know it's very yeah, re- it's a re- routine it becomes a routine, a routine right? it's yeah. become routine like a regime like you follow day in day out like that mm. so some people like this Uh, and then I guess that when you like that and you like the discipline in life and all that, so that is why many bodybuilders actually have problem when they retire from this sport because mm. they got nothing to look forward to. Every day they wake up, they know, okay, my show is in this date. 
A lot of bodybuilders I know also have gone into depression and this kind of very extreme other because they don't know what to look for when the day they retire. Mm. There is nothing for them to like when they wake up. Okay, go and be. See, a bodybuilder trains not like just like anybody else who trains to look good or fit. Because that other person look good or fit, he is going back to the office or he's going back to uh, his other job, you know, and he's got his like his business meetings and this and everything. As a bodybuilder, this is his everything. He is preparing only towards the show, so his entire uh, z- uh, focus is like someone who hits the darts, you know, the bullseye, you know. That's all he cares. That his thing is just that show day, show day, show day. That's it. So suddenly, when you take that away from him, he's like, he's like lost for a while. It's like, okay, what do I do today? Like, okay, I come and train, but now why do I train? Like, what am I training for? You, I mean, most sportsmen probably have this when they retire, mm. but they train so hard. I mean, this is applicable to any sport. Mm. When they suddenly retire, it's very hard, and especially this sport, which requires so much of discipline. When you and you will, uh, you are willing to give this entire discipline and all that because you're preparing for something. Mm. Uh, so, it's very important for them to also look into post bodybuilding competition. I mean, career. Mm. To make sure they are occupied with something else, like something else, yeah. yeah, to look to. But the act of lifting in itself or strength training in itself is also pretty good for your health as well, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, very good. It's just that I mean, I think bodybuilders to a certain extent they will probably still have, yeah, they 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 need to find that 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 like you said, you know, the goal, you know, what, uh, yeah, what next after this, right? Think yeah. that this is more for longevity and like for health reasons and to have make. Then it must turn into like your hobby become your fun. They will still enjoy because they still like. Okay, you don't compete really, but you still look good, and it's because this is, is end of the day, it's just sculpturing your physique, right? Mm. So as you get older and all that, also you you will sculpture accordingly to what your ability is, but you can still continue doing this and all that. But the thing is, like, to not lose that drive or to get uh, depressed. You know, that's the mm. thing. Going back, going back to um, aspect of training that you mentioned just now, uh, flexing is also another aspect that's pretty important as well, right? You have to learn how to flex your muscles as well, right? And it's yeah, not just something that, that's called the posing. Posing, yeah, yes. yeah. So you got to practice posing is very challenging. Many people don't. They, I mean, for those who know the sport, they understand. But some don't know. They think what they. But posing is an art. Hmm. It's actually it is an art. It's basically you. Your physique is like a sculpture, you know, and you have you have made it. And you have to present it well. Mm. So it's like, okay, let's say a gymnast, right? The gymnast now is very flexible and able to do all kind of stunts and all this. But end of the day, they have to practice their moves to present it very well. Then only you get the points because you'll be able to see all your abilities. But you have to have a proper routine to exhibit your entire. It's not about just being flexible. I mean, they can do each step, some of them, but to put it together and present it very well. So that's how bodybuilding is. Also, it's about getting the, just not only the physique, having that physique and be able to, uh, I mean, pose and show your physique, and show your strengths, hide your weaknesses, and present them well. Mm. That's an art. Actually. Yeah, and something that you have to, I guess, practice and train as well. Yes, right? I mean, when we. Uh, to be honest with you, like when I'm the last twelve weeks when we prep, there are a few aspects in training. One is training, weight training. One is cardio. One is posing. To be honest with you, the toughest one is posing. Posing is any time tougher than cardio. Mm. 
Because it's very difficult. You have to hold each pose for 10 seconds and you've got to practice and practice. And, and you will be tired because you are in calorie deficit. Your body fat is getting lower and you'll be... So that is really, really frustrating at that point. Yeah. Does it get physically taxing as well? Oh, yes. very, very, very tired. Mm. I just do it. It's a lot tiring. You rather you say, I'd rather do an hour cardio more. <laughs> That's a lot easier than doing posing. Mm. All right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, based on your journey so far, I mean, and I think you're, you're not planning to retire anytime soon, right? At least not yet. No, not now. I mean, but maybe, in, I'm already 39 this year, so at most, maybe two, three years. Okay, yeah. Is that but, a, is that like an age limit? Or, no, no, there's no, no age no, limit. Right? Yeah, but, yeah, but you some, as long as you're injury free, that's the most important thing. All right, okay. Yeah. But you plan to maybe retire in two, three years time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. After a certain point, it's like enough. Because I'm a heavyweight bodybuilder mm. and I want to try to exit as while I'm still ahead mm. I don't want to drop and then exit like I look at, I want to exit while I'm at, still at my best like mm. so that way it's better when the moment I start realizing that I'm not actually improving anymore and I'm pretty stagnant already or I start actually uh, getting a bit not as good as before then I would say it's okay mm. then competitive is done All right. Okay. Uh, but you you already have your post retirement plan laid out, I guess, to a certain extent. Mm, honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have some boys I'm preparing and all that athletes. Like, uh, so I like coaching. Mm. Yeah. So that I would do. I have my own gym also. So we do that, and yeah, I'll be occupied. That's for sure. But mm. Mm. all right. So beyond bodybuilding, um, strength training in general is something that I think is also. Um, that is pretty I don't know depending on depending on who you speak to I think I guess some people out there still have that perception that it's either um, oh it's too masculine or it's too too only for the midhead or people who, who just want to you know get bulky and things like that um, do, do, do you feel like these are the kind of stigma that's still associated with with strength training and do you feel like it's something that that people should I guess uh, look into a bit more I guess learn I a bit think more 10 years back or 15 years back yeah but now I think it's changed Now it's become like everybody does strength training. I see like some uncle and aunties in their 60s, 70s who come also. Mm. They're doing training because they realize that just walking in the park or just doing cardio alone doesn't help. Strength training actually helps them with even like from their nerves, the weight, their strength. When you have more muscles in your body, so your, your metabolic rate increases, your heart functions better. So everything gets better. Your testosterone level increases for the male. And so your hormone is better. And when your hormones are better, generally health is better. So it helps a lot. So the importance of uh, weight training, you can't just uh, look, I mean, look the other side. You have to really uh, give a thought about it. It's very important, actually. Yeah, weight training, and I guess that awareness is already there among people. Mm, you know, based on your observation, you feel yes. like a lot of people are aware. Of yeah, it. yeah. I'm in the gym now. I see even like there's an uncle who is 65 years old. He has never trained or even done any exercise up to 58. He also used to drink every day and smoke heavily. He had a minor stroke. Then he stopped everything. He started training. He got a trainer. Today, he's already been training for the past four to five years. He's very fit. It's almost like he never had a stroke. He can bench at least about 40 kilos and like at 65, you know, close to 40 kilos and he can squat. 
he can do deadlifts he feels very very energetic and like his lifestyle totally changed yeah so weight training is very important i mean mm. it's very good Yeah. yeah, it's good that the awareness level is has improved uh, based on your, I guess, uh, observation there. But for people out there who are still a bit, I guess, intimidated or still not convinced with the importance of weight training, mm. how do you advise them to, I guess, start? Considering that, I think, I think to a certain extent, there are some people who, even yeah. if they go to the gym, they are still a bit intimidated to There's go to the weight room, this, right? Yeah. Uh, mis mis understanding this. Yeah, this misconcept where like they assume that if they train. They will look like Anel, mm. you know. Not yeah. they feel like oh, I don't want to touch weights. So I look too big. I'll gain the mass. It's not that easy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like saying like uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go and work. I don't want to do any business because I will be like Bill Gates. <laughs> it's not. It's it's not that easy. So you can't. Uh, you mean you just start a business and you can't be a multimillionaire immediately. So same way, you you train weights. Trust me, it's not as easy. If I could be like Anel, then I. <laughs> why am I not like Anel? <laughs> like, you see, so the thing is like training. It, it it so that stages, you know. But weight training is very important. It doesn't. You don't have to fear that. Or oh, you carry weight, you will start looking very bulky and this and that. It's all you know, now. You see, everybody does it. Like most, whoever you okay, live as Anel. Whoever you feel that you find very attractive. Even female models or whoever they, they all do weight training today. Mm. Most of them do it because it's not about just looking bulky; it's also keeping your physique very toned and like, yeah. So it is important. So my suggestion is like, don't don't have this fear. But of course, it's you, you may feel intimidated because when you go into gym, like you see, you don't know what to do with the dumbbells, so you don't know what to do with the machines, and everybody there looks like they know what they're doing. And suddenly you feel lost, so you have to get a get a trainer or a trainer friend or somebody. And trust me, it's a very short period only. Very after some effort you put into it, within a couple of months, you'll be able if you put in the effort and you'll be interested and you will be next. You will be one of them already mm-hmm. in the gym. Yeah, and be consistent as well, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Really good to be consistent as well. It's yeah. like like driving a car. Mm-hmm. If you just look at somebody driving a car, and you never attempt to go and learn, you'll never be able to drive the car. Mm. Correct? No? Just looking over, I'm intimidated. Look at the highway and all that. You think like, oh, people are driving it. Then you'll never be able to drive. Mm. You just start. Just start. You will. Within weeks, you will be able to drive a car, right? So that's how it is. Yeah, you will be able to train. Yeah, I mean we're we're still early in the year, and of yeah. course, you know, with New Year comes uh, new resolutions. I suppose for some people, for mm. so for people who are out there who do want to look like Arnold, <laughs> let's manage your expectations a bit. Like yeah. if they want to, I guess, seriously start weight training or start strength training, start um, building muscle. I suppose, uh, what do they have to do, and how long will it take for them to actually achieve a muscle that perhaps they won't look like Arnold, but at least have a a, a more, I guess. Define physique, I suppose, to a certain extent. Well, that is very, very subjective. I mean, I don't want to say anything like you can start right away. That's very important. Be consistent, and you will be better than yesterday. Today itself, when you go and train every day, you will be better than yesterday. That's all it is. Don't care about Anil. It's all about always the man in the mirror, and you will get better and better and better day by day. So keep going. Don't stop. Because the journey is very different for everyone, 
Like what I told you just now, genetically, diversified genetics. Also, how much effort you put in. Don't go to the gym twice a week and start eating me goreng, what nasi lemak every day and all that, and three times or two times a day, and then expect your body to change. Also, I mean, you do if you put the work in, your body will change. But trust the process and no shortcuts. Don't always think like, okay, I want to drop ten kilos in ten uh, weeks, or I want to drop. I uh, sorry, in what in two weeks or three weeks or this kind of things like. Don't do anything short. Make every anything you do as a lifestyle and look into it as longevity. Then it's something, and also do something that you will sustain. Start going to the gym. Try to go two to three times first, so you can commit to it. Don't okay. I want to lose weight in just two months. Go five days a week. Cut your food. Is that everything extreme? Then on the th- once you reach that, the third month, go back to square one. Then you'll definitely lose everything. Then you come and say like, oh, weight training is actually not good because when I do weight training, I look good. But the minute I stop, I lose everything. Why do you stop? You don't stop. That's the thing. It's the like same as saying somebody comes and says like, you know, when I was working every month, I got salary five thousand ringgit. Every month I get the day I stop working, I don't get my salary. How's that? Of course you won't get your salary. You have to work every month, <laughs> correct? Or not? So why do you even think of stopping? So there's no stopping. It is a lifestyle. So think something that you would do for forever. Yeah. Forever, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I guess consistency is key, and I guess mm. make sure it, it's sustainable. Something that you can I guess replicate uh, every day, right? And yes. forever, ideally, right? Yeah. Um, nutrition wise, do you have any advice for people out there who perhaps are uh, you know have have aspirations, in especially you know early in early in the year right now? Yeah. Food is very important. Uh, mm, you have to control your sugar. I feel I I love I love sugar as well. I'm got a sweet tooth, but that's not. That's, I mean, you shouldn't try your level best not to eat excessive sugar, desserts, and all that. It's okay. You can treat yourself one one thing once a week or once in two weeks have a dessert and all that, but not daily. And try not to have anything deep fried. You know, and try to prepare your food. Try to cook and prepare your food at home. Try. It. I mean, I don't want to give. I don't want to disturb the restaurant businesses, but <laughs> the truth is, try as much as possible to get your food, prepare your food at home. It's mm-hmm. a good thing because the vegetables, the chicken, and everything when you prepare it, you cook it, it's a lot better. But try to make healthier choices and prepare. There's a lot of things on YouTube today that you can prepare very good food with healthier options, choices like from regular oil. You can use olive oil. You can lessen the oil intake. Control your salt intake, and do not use too much sugar or anything deep fried and processed. Yeah. Mm. In terms of macros, should they prioritize certain macros over others? Macros is, of course, uh, that's a bit advanced because when you mm. when you speak macros itself, sometimes you intimidate people. Oh, yeah. I don't know about these calories and all this. So, uh, yeah, macros is like you have to know your body, and if you work with a nutritionist or if you know your body. The macros differs individual to individual because it's based on where your physique is now and what your goal is. Mm-hmm. So for maintenance purpose, always it's forty, forty, twenty, forty percent of carbs, forty percent of protein, and twenty percent of fats. But if you want to gain more muscles or you want to gain, you want to lose fat or whatever it is, then you alter accordingly. But if generally, I would say like if you want to have a healthy lifestyle, have three meals of solid meals a day. In between, have some. Good nuts like almonds or walnuts or some fruits as your snack, and three meals or so. Try to make better choices by like 
eating small portions and mm-hmm. yeah that's okay. my advice All right, and uh, last but not least, I mean, since we're talking about nutrition and food and whatnot, um, and you admitted just now that you you have a sweet tooth, um, do you, do you do cheat meals? Yes, yes, of course I do. Right. I look forward to it. <laughs> I love food. Yeah. Is it like a weekly thing or like or when this? the off season is once a week, but when I'm in the contest prep, no, no cheat meals, no cheat meals. All right, yeah, only post competition. Okay, post competition is also pretty interesting because we've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of bodybuilders that post competition they tend to I guess go all out in terms of cheat meals. Is that something that's advisable? No, definitely not. Definitely I do not, that right? also, <laughs> but it's definitely not advisable. I mean, I've done that before in the past a lot, but recently no. That's when when you're younger, it's okay because doesn't you take your you take whatever for granted when you're younger, you know. So, but that actually damages your health because you shock your body a lot, and then. You from very extreme eating clean food and thing. Then when you overeat, you actually give a lot of work for your kidney and liver and all this to process this entire thing. So that is very very dangerous for your health as well. So my advice is to like eat, have good food. I mean, when I mean good food, is like eat whatever you want to eat, but just like keep it like once a week, one meal a week or two meals a week or. You know, like that. So you eat whatever you want, but limited, not too much. Mm. Mm. Indulge a bit, but but I guess you must be mindful, right? Yes, yeah. must be mindful. Mm, yeah. Uh. There's also the term that I think getting a bit more popularity these days. I don't know whether yeah people are yeah, fam- familiar with this term, but like reverse dieting, like is that something that bodybuilders actually do post post contest? Uh yes. They because do, because they need dieting. to get out of 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 the yeah because they, the whole calorie, reason right? for the re- reverse dieting is so that you don't shock your body because mm. when prior to competition people will be at the lowest body fat with probably the lowest calorie intake they would be consuming then suddenly and you control your salt you control your everything you know it's very very like then suddenly post competition you immediately go to the other extreme where your calories go three to four times what you always eat and your salt intake is so high that would definitely shock your body. Which is not good in terms, not only for your organ, yeah, for organs mainly. So the best way is to eat back what you ate, but probably you can make it a bit tastier. But with that calorie, then gradually increase it week after week after week. That's what I mean by reverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but gradually go up, and that way your body won't go through a shock or so. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and I've been speaking to Kumaris Warren Ramasamy. He's a bodybuilder and the winner of Mr. Malaysia 2023 and he has shared the ins and outs of the world of bodybuilding. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash I Love KL. Our app, you can find via Google Play and the App Store. You can also look for the show on Spotify and other streaming platforms. Don't forget to also follow the station on X at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. You have been tuning in to I Love KL. Bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.